Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. LAX presents LAMP, a modernization project so grand it will literally move traffic. Coming soonish. Get all the details at LAXisHappening.com. Blog Talk Radio. I'll put you up along my smile, bring you back down under a while, fill you with life, with a wisp of death, till we're both running, clear, out of breath, till we expire on sins and sighs, on dreams and fears, upon our thighs, we'll bury deep here, counting sheep, to rise and shine, in our daily grind. Bonsoir and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs. It is Sunday, the 10th day of January in the year 2016, and you're now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your hostess, Sandra London of livinggrind.com, podcasting for you live from the sunny beaches of Southern California. Playtime with Sandra Radio can be heard via Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Digital Podcast. And Naked Girls Radio, uh, the poem you heard at the top of the hour was by yours truly, Sandra London of livinggrind.com, and it's called Our Little Death. The next tune coming up is Benny and the Jets by TV Girl, and I have an interview, um, I believe, if all goes well, I'll have an interview with Theophilus Jamal, who is someone who had a hand in uh, Black Metal Rose, Fierce Creatures, uh, Black Metal Road is one of my favorite songs ever, ever, ever when I heard it um, on Naked Girls Radio. But here you are, Benny and the Jet. Yeah. 
of 2012, but it wasn't on Block Talk Radio. But when it was, it was in February, and it was during, like, an awards show. Um, and I think it was when uh, – with Whitney Houston and all these things happening, right? So usually um, I'll usually either go ahead and go ahead and have my show during the awards show, or sometimes I'll just go ahead and have it later or the very next day. Um, but I haven't really kept in, you know – um, the tightest, I don't know, watch of all the different awards shows because I don't really follow a lot of shows and I don't really go to the movies very much. Like, I'll go ahead and pay on my television you know, to watch a movie uh, when it becomes available, but I don't necessarily go out to the theater very much or listen to, like, traditional radio very much anymore. So, um, but today... Uh, as I was just doing, like, some random cleaning around the house and everything, uh, the first thing that was on television uh, was talking about the Golden Globes. So I was like, okay, uh, maybe I'll watch it, maybe I won't. But it came on at 5 instead of 8. So normally, like, it, it actually happens at 5. So if I were to turn, you know, tune into the other channels or whatever, I'd be able to watch it as the East Coast would watch it. Um, so to, you know... Um, stave off any spoilers I'd already know by like between 5 and 8 instead of 8 to 11 but it came on at 5 on whatever channel I just had it on right now so I started watching the Golden Globes and so that is what led to the title of this evening's show with Young and Old Guns or Young and Old American Guns basically um, just in thinking of like the different people that they honored uh, this evening um, most especially Denzel Washington because he's so freaking awesome but it's, like, kind of weird because it's, like, he's not old. And, you know, it's sort of like he's, he's like, in a thing in between young and old where he can play so many different ranges of characters to where, I don't know, like, he just sort of embodies a lot of things. So it was really awesome to see him honored. And I don't know what his story is with the 25-watt bulb or whatever the heck it was that he was going to share <laughs> uh, while, while he was up there doing his you know, speech with his award um, for, like, Lifetime Achievement or whatever. But I wish he would have finished it. I wanted to know what he was going to say. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but that's kind of what led to this evening's that title for tonight's show. Um, and so I set it back one hour later than normal um, because the show kind of ended pretty much 8 p.m. Pacific time, uh, pretty much. And I was going to just do it at 8, and I was like, let me do it at 9 just so I can add more music. I like screening music and introducing new music, like, whenever I can. So this is what I do. But I hope you all enjoy uh, this next song. And it's by The Six Umbrellas. It's called She Does Her Best. And I'll be right back with you. The call-in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And you're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your hostess, Sandra London of LivingGrind.com.
dame luz más Yo quisiera conocer tu beso, acariciar tu pelo si me dejaran Me vuelves loco más Y dice, y dice, Si supiera lo que por ti siento, mi amor por dentro te prometo más No te arrepentirás No te acharé Y cuando sale el sol Yo me despierto pensando en ti Te hablas de camina, me vuelve crazy Cuando te miro, tú me miras en tu energía Pero mis fans dicen que yo no estoy en tu liga Pero te juro que te voy a llevar Conmigo hasta la nube Tú tienes algo en el muy especial Que mi corazón consume Porque antes de conocerte Yo soñaba en tenerte Y ahora que tú estás aquí Mi ángel lo es quererte Y cuando sale el sol Yo me despierto pensando en ti Tu sonrisa me lleva a pensar Como te quisiera amar Cuando sale la luna Yo me acuesto pensando en ti En mi sueño te tengo a final Te lo quiero confesar No te vayas, por favor Pensé que solo era yo El dueño de tu corazón Yo quisiera conocer tu beso Acariciar tu pelo si me Pensando en ti, tu sonrisa me lleva a pensar como te quisiera amar. Cuando sale la luna, yo me acuesto pensando en ti. En mis sueños te tengo al final, te lo quiero confesar. Dame luz más. Sideways, rolling silverware, thinking what's my time okay. Before my thought could finish, 
My girl sent a text saying we should end it. Initially, didn't know what to feel. She said my plans to leave for California gave her questions. I took a deep breath, took down my shield. The best of luck with St. Paul, see you in the next one. Press on, and that's one last pack to pack. Cause once it's time to hit the road, there's no looking back. Music is my mistress, Wiley is the magic hat. Los Angeles is my spacecraft to crash. Just a waiter in a restaurant dreaming. Letting his mind wander while he's cleaning. Working with the means of a blind swordsman. I won't need to see the light to know I'm closing in. Six Umbrellas, 
uh, Sol y Luna by Dasari and uh, A Second Devil by Toussaint Morisson. I will be calling Theophilus Jamal if I haven't heard from him within the next five minutes. So I'm going to try to give you one, maybe two songs, probably just one song in the meanwhile. Um, the call-in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And I think right now I will play Scorpio by Moonvale.
Party Time with Sandra, and I am calling. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Aloha. Uh, Jamal? Am I speaking Jamal? <laughs> Hi, yep. this is Sandra London of Playtime with Sandra Radio. You're on the air. How's it going? It's going well. It's uh, a little cold. We're here in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> about uh what it's like six or seven degrees outside. Ew. Ew. Yeah, real real you, real what cold. You, what do you wear in that kind of weather? Because I have <laughs> very limited experience with that cold of weather, like Germany and like Fargo. It was really cold but I blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> so yeah, what do you wear? I just I just wore like big bubble jackets like I would wear in in like California and LA. What do you wear? You know what? It it it, it 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 just got cold today. Uh we've had unseasonably warm weather. Warm weather being what, like thirty, forty degree weather. Um but uh yeah, yeah. So um I haven't really adjusted for the weather, unfortunately, and I'm still going out like it's thirty or forty degrees outside. I'm a hearty Chicagoan. So uh uh, yeah, how long I'm have you been uh, kind of a big guy too. I've I was born are, are and raised out here. My father was was that yeah, I'm native. I'm native. Oh. My uh my father was in the navy and so I was actually born at uh uh which got the naval base on uh on site. So so You're I've been here I would say all my life. I mean yeah, I'm a navy yeah. baby. I'm a military yeah. guy. So That's freaking sweet. So yeah, navy brat is what they used to call us. So, there you um, go. There you go. My father was stationed yeah. at the uh, uh, Great Lakes Naval Base up in uh, North Chicago, and uh, that's where we settled, and hence that's how I uh, how I wound up here. <laughs> yeah, well, see, and then you got all cocky, like in 2016, you thought you could just dress like you're in California, and yeah, maybe you're regretting that now. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm getting a little bit. I'm 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 getting older, so I you know I I, I theoretically shouldn't be going out and you know uh, uh, without uh, without bundles, but um, I still do. It hasn't uh, it hasn't hasn't re- hasn't reached below zero degrees yet. So uh, once it once it starts to get that cold, then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember, like, okay, so I was reading. Okay, so I have to rewind myself. But I remember, like, okay. I think it was, like, Christmas Eve and Christmas, like, in New York, so a bit further east than you all, that it was, like, warmer than it was in L.A., which was crazy, uh, for Christmas and, like, Christmas Eve and all this stuff. So for you to not have, like, gone minus zero or whatever, Perhaps that's an accomplishment, but I don't know if you all can talk New York and everything, where they're like warmer than us here in LA, which, like, it's sort of. Like I think we we world. might have been. I had a friend visit uh, over the over the holidays, and he said that uh, we were actually quite warm for for a little while there. So I think uh, we're in a little bit of a race between uh, New York and Chicago to beat uh, to beat Los Angeles, as with everything else. In terms of uh, not just uh, <laughs> not just the scenes, but also with weather. Well, there you are. Well, what do you mean by scenes? Are you talking about entertainment, film, this kind of stuff? That you uh, yeah, entertainment. <laughs> I mean, what you know, the big three: New York, 
Chicago and and Los Angeles. Just in terms of, uh, I saw that you uh, you posted a congratulations to a uh, to an actress that won the Golden Globe. Taraji, Taraji Henson for yeah. for uh, Empire, right? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh huh. Which oh, actually shoots here in Chicago. Well, there you go. What? Yeah. I did not know that. I did not know that. You did not know that? Come on. No. It, it, they shoot I've Chicago. I think they tried to pass it off as as New York, though. So, which well, is well, is always quite kind of confusing. Well, that's the thing is I root for her, not necessarily the show, just because, like, I've been familiar with her and her work for, like, years before the oh, okay. show. Like, but it's really weird because, like, I spent quite a few years where I didn't even have a TV at all. Like, in my, like, where I lived, when I lived in the Valley, Porn Valley, San Fernando Valley, I did not have a television, so mm-hmm. I didn't watch TV. And then when I moved to, like, the Marina, Santa Monica area, I didn't have a TV for, like, the first year or two. Um, so it was only later that I did. So let's say, let me, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to try to do this really fast in my head. Like, let's say 2003 or four until about 2008 or nine, I did not watch television. And then now that I have had a television, I just watch the news. I'm, like, really boring. I just watch the news, like CNN, and then I watch, like, the local news. So, like, actual mm-hmm. series I don't keep up with, but I do remember her work. And she's been around for a while. Um, and... Like, I'll try to catch major movies and stuff. I'll just, like, buy it on my TV or whatever. But <laughs> mm-hmm. She was in uh, Hustle and Flow, wasn't she? Uh, I believe so. I can't I can't swear to that, but I believe so. But she's a familiar face to me. She's definitely a familiar face mm-hmm. to me. Um, and I like Gail Garcia Bernal. Like, oh, I don't know if you oh, watch yeah. the entire yeah. or, or only just. Yeah, with with her, but like you know what? I actually didn't catch it. I was working on some other stuff tonight, so yeah, I'm I'm familiar with his work as well. That actor, so gorgeous! Oh my god, yes. So I'm I'm guessing that I I missed a uh, a very entertaining uh, award show, eh? Perhaps, but they're playing it again. Like I have it on mute right now, but they're playing it again. So I don't know if they're playing it again on the East Coast or or, or Midwest Coast, Central Coast. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. You'll what were the highlights of tonight's show? Oh, I don't want to be a spoiler for people, but okay. Winslet was happy. Kate Winslet was happy. Taraji was happily happy. Gail Garcia Renal was happy, and oh, let me see one more person that was happy. You know, I remember that was happy. Um, Aaron Sorkin, the dude that did the, like, uh, Steve Jobs that wrote, I yeah. think it was for him writing it or whatever, like, him, they're all happy. Yeah, so he wrote that movie. Of, yeah, so anybody who's not seen the entire awards, I'm not really spoiling too much, I hope, for you all. <laughs> did you watch but, the, um, uh, that, that latest movie, the, the Jobs movie, Steve Jobs movie? I not the one with Ashton I, Kutcher. Yeah, no, I did not. No, I did. I watched uh, like maybe twenty minutes of this, like a CNN different type of thing, like mm-hmm. a different documentary like that CNN's doing. I watched a bit of that with like some original footage, and that was kind of cool. Um, but no, mm-hmm. I have not. Like, I have not been in the movies. The only movie I can remember right off the top of my head that I watched, that I purchased just to watch at home, was Spy, and I love that movie. I love. Uh, 
minute. I hope I don't butcher her name right now. I believe it's Melissa McCartney. Um, oh, yeah, Ms. Melissa show. McCarthy. McCarthy, mm-hmm. sorry, McCarthy. I love her. She's so freaking funny, and, like, Jason Statham is in it, and he's hot, and, like, Jude Law's in it. He's hot. Uh, I don't know who, I can't remember the woman's name, uh, who was, like, villainous kind of lady, but she's very gorgeous. I don't know her name, though. But it was funny. I have not seen Trainwreck, so I know, like, Spy, Trainwreck, and maybe some other comedy movies are all supposed to be, like, in this big old thing, either for the Globes or mm-hmm. the Oscars. But, like, I personally, I've seen Spy, and I loved it. That's all I can say. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. What about you? Did, have you um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I did watch the Jobs movie, and um, you know, hands down, that was a, a kind of a tour de force for uh, uh, the lead actor. And I'm trying to yeah, how do you remember who that? Like, I can't really, I can't see like could, could sure he's supposed to be Steve Jobs? Is that was yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a good well, no, no, there, uh, this is a the other uh, Steve Jobs movie. There was an initial movie with Ashton Kutcher. But then there was uh, that was uh, back in 2013. So um, Danny Boyle, Danny Boyle, who uh, directed Train Spotting, um, he directed this one, which was written by uh, Aaron Sorkin and stars Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs, and uh, pretty much a one man, a one man show uh, in terms of. just again a tour de force of acting. Um, didn't do too well in the box office, but uh, I I had a had a, a sneaking suspicion that it was going to do really well with the with the awards season. So uh, apparently tonight, Sorkin uh, <laughs> he received some awards, uh, according to yeah. you. <laughs> so uh, good, perhaps. good. And and it's well deserved. I know that. Yeah. Well, I, I got to see this Michael Fassbender guy because, like, yeah, at first I was like, yeah, there's been, like, a, a Steve Jobs, like, overload. So when I was, yeah, when I was first thinking of just the movie, I'm thinking only Ashton Kutcher. I'm not thinking of Michael Fassbender. So of I'm course. like, really? Ashton? Yeah. Really? Like, that's what? I mean, not that he's, like, a bad actor or anything, but I just have never seen him in something, like, that I would call compelling. I've seen him in funny, heartwarming, like cute movies, but not really like a. I, I've seen both movie. movies, and again, there was a delay. Uh, it's at least a two-year, uh, um, I guess, difference uh, between the two movies coming out, and there was some sort of confusion as to you know when this latest <laughs> latest movie came out. It was like, didn't they already do that movie? But uh, right. it was um, it was written quite differently than the than the other. Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher and even with the Ashton Kutcher movie you could really tell I think he was an executive producer on that that he he was reaching for an award for that movie it was again you know you're taking a well-known actor and you're placing him in a sort of biopic larger than life character role right um somebody that's actually you know was alive and and Ashton, you know, to his credit, and I think he, you know, he was he was sort of stretching that uh, his acting muscles on that. But I, you know, again, yeah, uh, it seemed self indulgent like, that movie did. What was Probably. that? Probably, yeah. I, I can imagine. Yeah. I can't say for sure because I haven't seen it, but I can imagine, like, he probably was like, I fit the profile. <laughs> He's like, I'm brown hair, brown eye, whatever. 
I can do it. I'm about the same build. Let's just do this. <laughs> well, what I came out of with the initial uh, Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher uh, was yeah. that, um, yeah, uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get any redeeming qualities out of that character, which, you know, I guess in some aspects of his life, Steve Jobs was just, you know, quite despicable. Uh, and there was, you know, right. so I came out of that movie with, with like no, you know, a sense of, of sympathy or even connection with the character. I'm like, <laughs> and with this, uh, with this yeah. new movie, um, he's just so compelling because he's, you know, really, um, uh, a complicated person and, uh, in well, terms of, well, you know, wonder, how he related to people. What... Yeah, I wonder with that then, I guess for the 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 later movie that came out that you saw, well maybe you saw both, but like with um how it's more compelling, you could feel a more well-rounded person even if even if they're a flawed person, just because the very limited things I've read about him, like I was reading about something like a few months ago about like, you know, famous orphans to where he's like supposedly like an orphan or something, like he mm-hmm. came from sort of a broken or or vacant background in a way to where I yeah, would think, yeah, yeah I, some of his flaws he was like, adopted. came from not having yeah not not having mm-hmm. a sense of groundedness a sense of a firmer roots kind of a thing and so that made him like a great like genius to be able to just go from nothing to you know to create like an empire mm-hmm. um, but then also left him like empty to some people in a way. Or dri- too driven, or something. Yeah. Kind of well, it's also what you know. What, again, when you when you speak about uh, someone who's lived and you know what they make of themselves, and you have to wonder how much of that is myth making. You know, right. how much of that is is Apple propelling the myth of Steve Jobs, and how much of that is true? I think you know it's probably a combination of both in terms of right. uh, you know how we uh, want to. Um, idolize uh, someone who, you know, who made this company what it was. I mean, even initially, like, you know, like the, the Apple that we know now wasn't always the Apple that that was. And I think that with even as uh, recent as their history um, is that uh, we tend to forget that. We tend to, when we, we tend to forget that Apple didn't always have the, uh, you know, the iTunes and the iPad and all these other devices that, you know, that are synonymous with the brand. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, at a certain point, if your product or your brand becomes bigger than you, then it represents a dream of, you know, like a a better you or a dream of you, but it can never represent a real you because that's always going to be flawed. It's always going to have some, you know, tarnished spots and some regrettable, you know, no, there are very few people that can say they lived an untarnished life <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. thing, or that they don't have some defects, some flaws in their character, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I Yeah, hopefully I'll get to see that. I'd like to see it, um, the latest one uh, of Steve Jobs. And, like, I don't know. Um I, try, I don't know if there's anything else that I have actually seen that, that's going to be like that was that they were talking about tonight. It's going to be in the Oscars and all this. Hopefully, I'll catch up later. Has uh, did they even mention mm-hmm. Hateful Eight, uh, Quentin Tarantino yes, movie? Yeah, yes, he was very happy and... for a different reason. Indirectly happy. Indirectly happy. 
one of his composers, okay. like one. Well. Oh. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, Ennio Morricone, I believe yes. that I'm, I'm pronouncing That's his name correctly. The the, the famous composer of uh of um the spaghetti westerns, the original spaghetti westerns, and yes. now of uh, <laughs> Hateful Eight. Um, yeah, so oh, that's just that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, that's that's yeah. that's really cool that he won an award. So yeah, he gave yeah, well deserved. And, uh, and yeah, and um, there was an awesome tribute given to him uh, since he was not there to receive it in person. But yeah, Tarantino did it. Yeah, he did a good job in in honoring Ennio. So yeah, super that's cool. Yes, but we yeah, must get to yeah. you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fabuloso, <laughs> extraordinary You know, we just like... jumped right in there. We we started talking about the <laughs> Golden okay. Globes. I don't even know that anybody knows who, who I am and <laughs> that, that they yeah, would. Explain, explain who the heck you are, stranger. Hello. <laughs> All right. So uh, my name is Theophilus Jamal. I'm a Chicago-based filmmaker, uh, sort of a jack-of-all-trades currently working on a couple of documentaries and uh yeah that's that's myself in a nutshell uh i uh no. what? <laughs> what do you mean no what do you mean no no that no way no <laughs> okay where did you study anything to do with film or anything to do with like cameras or like cinematography oh I okay, so you want the whole Planning. shebang. Um well I shot my first film in Super Eight in nineteen seventy seven. Uh wait, it was hold a, on. wait, what? I, I, wait, what? I was not even born at <laughs> that you're crazy. That I wasn't even born. Wait, back up. Hold on. Huh? Wait, I'm writing the Yeah, well I was I was uh Super Eight? I was really young, yeah. I was real, I was a kid. Now I'm not saying that I'm what was that? You're a baby. You're a baby when you're doing this. I was you're kind a of a baby. Yeah. Camera. Well, I was in elementary like, school. We'll say that. I was in I elementary know. school, and my parents got me a Super 8 camera, and I started making skateboarders. movies. Skateboarders. Was it skateboarders? In What's that? In, in 1977? No. For for me, it was uh, it was uh, superheroes. Way oh, before the explosion of superhero movies, I was making superhero <laughs> movies. Uh, even before the uh, the 1970, what was it, 1978, 79 Superman? I forget. Um, but even before that first Superman with, uh, with Christopher Reeve, I was yeah. making superhero movies. So what I did was I, I gathered all my friends from the block, and uh, we got together, and each one of them, you know, had an idea of who they wanted to be. I must have had like <laughs> two Batmans, three Supermans. I didn't have a Wonder Woman. Um, Wait, it was Marvel and DC. It? Yeah, Wait, I was filming. filming. I was yeah. I was filming this. You didn't get to be. I was I was the, the director, supposedly. You didn't get to be the hero though. No, no, I was behind the camera. Okay, and. Oh, so I got we uh, to make a long story short. We got everybody together. <laughs> it was a big mess. I call action, and uh, everybody started fighting each other. And um, <laughs> back then, a, a roll of Super 8 film only lasts like two or three minutes. 
So, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I continually, I didn't cut. I didn't, like, you know, stop and reframe the action. I just kept the roll going. And so the roll, you know, ran for the entire two or three minutes, one single long take, and it runs out, and everybody's fighting each other, and I'm yelling cut, and nobody would stop. Nobody stopped. They just kept fighting. And so somebody from the block... As far as you know, as far as the evidence goes, it stopped at the end of the tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got um, actually, I'll, I'll tell you about that. But that whole incident ended up with somebody, one of the neighbors, calling the police on us. The police get there, and like you know, here I am, what, like six, seven years old. And, uh, you know, my friends, they just scatter like cockroaches, okay? Just oh, like, yeah. boom, everybody's there. And I'm left there standing with my little measly Super 8 camera, and the cop walks up to me and asks me, what am I doing? And I look up at him, and I tell him, I'm making a movie. So, you're freaking, um, you're my hero. <laughs> you're my new hero. That's freaking awesome. And they're like, you're like six or seven. So you're like technically under like the age where you can be prosecuted. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're in this discussion uh, earlier of Steve Jobs and the yeah. the myth, the the self-propelled myth, myth. Um, you know, so that's my myth. <laughs> that's my mythology. Is the uh, yeah. being six or you know seven years old, and uh, and um, looking up at the cop and telling him that I'm I'm a movie maker. So, dude, that's, so <laughs> perfect. that's perfect. That's perfect. I love it. So yeah. so that was how I got started making movies, and I've just always been um, had a camera in my hand, whether I was taking. Uh, taking pictures or um in the 80s uh started uh you know um shooting videotape and uh worked at a cable yeah, access how, ca- uh, how was the transition then from each thing i guess from let me see i wrote this down sort of from the super 8 to the what vhs to like i don't know i don't know what um what from super mean? 8 well here's the thing um and 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 this will this will be this is actually to me at least it's it's quite fascinating. Super Eight um, used to come in these little cartridges which you put in the camera, you shoot it off, and then you have to take it back to to get processed. And you know, um, so they, the company I had to at that time it was a Kmart, so I took it back to Kmart. Uh, you know, they sent it out, and I had to wait two or three weeks for it to come back. And it comes back, and it's in this little spool, uh, eight millimeter spool of like all these little tiny pictures on a long length of roll of film. And oh, I didn't have a projector, so here I am, little me, uh, not having a projector, and I couldn't see what I shot. So I'm here unspooling this entire length of Super 8 film, you know, this entire roll of Super 8 film, just trying to get some sort of movement, trying to, you know, see what I actually shot. And uh, I don't think that I actually ever got to see got to see that movie. Um, you better. I actually don't. I actually don't. I, um, I kept it for a long time, and then I think somewhere when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I, I gave it to one of my friends that uh, – 
that was actually in the movie or footage that I shot. I don't know that he knew what to do with it, but you know, I I kind of gave it away. But yeah, so that uh, that relic, that relic of of of. Was that? Are you still friends with that friend? Are you still friends with that friend? I am not. I am not. Uh, You know what? I was. I actually, I have. uh, As much as I would probably want to. You gotta do like a Facebook search or something. You gotta do like a if you can remember his first. I don't even know where to start with that. That's like my old neighborhood. That's my. You know, I I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood and. Like most of my friends were like in gangs, so you know well, a, a lot of those guys are alive. like not around. What's that? He could still be alive. He could still be alive. You never. He know. could. I, I'm not saying that he couldn't be, but I have very <laughs> few friends that are actually yeah. still around. Well, no. What I would What's say that? is, take your elementary. Take because well, although at the same time, like I okay, I've been able to see uh, two. Like on Facebook, two people from my element, like elementary school before fifth grade, elementary school. Um, so it's like somewhere between first and fourth grade, oh, first and third grade actually, because there's a whole different school in fourth grade. Um, to where I haven't gone on to my like elementary school from first to fourth grade or third grade to put up like my info or whatever. But you never know because sometimes I'll list and I'll show like the class picture for all those classes, like, you might be able to find, you know, just see them and be like, hey, that's so-and-so, and then see perhaps if he still exists right now. He might still have it somewhere. You never know. Like, I I think that's worth pursuing. Maybe. You know, yeah, you have the tools. You have the tools. So just remember your, your elementary school and just go look up your year. Like, totally. <laughs> I haven't been too okay. active in, like, seeking out people from my past, although – I have had within the past year people me. have have found me people from uh from college which is actually going back two decades ago like 20 years ago have people I haven't oh. seen in 20 years find me on Are Facebook it's actually really nice to know that so those people are around and doing very, well and are safe and sound, and sound and to reconnect you sound very to me you're like terribly youthful or something because I had my 10-year high school reunion. Um, I suppose I could have had my 10-year college reunion, but I knew a lot fewer people in college than in high school. But, like, for your college to be 20 years later, you sound like you're my age. (laughs) 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 Uh, um, I don't know if that's a compliment or if that's uh, a realization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. No, good. Like, why do you want to sound like a, like a salt and pepper dude? Like, no, no. Spry, spry is always good. Like, you sound like you're 30s or something. Like, what? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's good. At least I at least I sound like I'm in my 30s, right? <laughs> well, I see. I I believe I've seen pictures of you. I could be mistaken. Who knows? But you don't. You're whatever. Anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't believe anything that you see on the internet. Okay, that person that you see I with my name on plastered there all over the internet. It's just a, yeah, uh, it's a facade. That's, not you. that's an avatar. That's not me. No. Nah. No one else would name themselves you. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually, actually, I did find when when at the inception of the internet, I, I yeah, there is a, there is another Theophilus Jamal out there. Actually, he's the reverse Theophilus Jamal. His Jamal Theophilus. Yeah, so he's like the antithesis of me. He's sort of like the reverse Flash. There's Flash, and then there's the reverse Flash. There's like uh, I don't know if you're into superheroes. There's Superman, and then there's Bizarro. No, no, no. So somewhere out there, there's my doppelganger. There's a there's an opposite me. Dude, there's Superman and there's Man Super. Totally. (laughs) But 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 does he look like you or no? No. He looks nothing like no. me. He looks well, nothing like me. But he there did actually. He he started like writing as me. It was really weird. Like <laughs> he was he was writing about movies. Yeah, yeah. He like had this blog, Chicago? and no, he's not from Chicago. I think he was from California, either California or Oregon. <laughs> and there was a Theophilus Jamal, and he was writing about movies. He had a blog, <laughs> and his uh, handle was um love free one and he wrote these like really eloquent dissertations on on like movies and you know sort of like oh. reviews on yeah, on movies like, and a, um you're like that's a good me right there i like that <laughs> exactly exactly it, it was to the point where he was writing such good good um material that I was like, you know what, I don't even care that this guy is posing as me. He can go on and I'll just take credit for his work. It's work. Because what? because there's only there could only be one Theophilus Shamal involved with the movies, yeah. right? Well, so if it's, if this did guy is making me look good what's that? Did you trademark yourself? Your name or oh, I should. You know what? I I, for, I totally forgot that. You know, there's something I, called I a birth you. certificate. I, I, I forgot you. that, you know, uh, what? Your birth certificate's <laughs> not going to say Theophilus Jamal, I don't believe, offhand. It, it should. Really? Unless I've changed my name. Are you serious? That's your What's real that? name? I did not know that. Yeah! Name. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Because I was going to ask you, which would, maybe that would be even rude. Like, what is a Theophilus? <laughs> what is a Theophilus? I was gonna ask, yeah, like, I was going to ask you, like, so how did you come up with that? <laughs> oh. Well, I Theophilus is actually from the Bible, and it, it means it? a friend of God. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Oh. Which you Bible? should look it up sometime. Is it is it Greek? It's Greek. <laughs> it is Greek. Theophilios. There we go. I know Philios. Theophilios, friend of God. Because I, I know... Because I know a Francophile, which is me, a, fr- a French lover, Francophile, Sinophilia stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but I wouldn't. There you go. Yeah. I didn't know that was your actual The Latinized wow. version of my yeah, name would be Amadeus. So I can, you, you can call me Amadeus as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's Theophilus and Amadeus are inter- interchangeable. If you were, if you were, okay, maybe that's why I didn't recognize it, because I only maybe ever ran across it on a dais in my, like, Sunday school when I was little or something. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, if you were in Louisiana, you would not be allowed to live. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but, like, what, priest or mason or Mo- Moses or somebody, I think Messiah, wait, Messiah, perhaps it's Messiah. There's a, a woman who went to name her kid Messiah in Louisiana, and the judge was like, uh, no. So, 
I don't know if that would, if that would stick out in Louisiana, Theophilus. Maybe it'd be like just like different enough to not raise an eyebrow. But if you said Amadeus, I don't. I got to check into. I got to check into this. I actually downloaded two or three different like theses uh, from different like law journals of the like naming rights and like what you're allowed to name your child or not. Like, I don't even have children, but yet I was looking at this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, okay. yes, I did not know that was your real name. Is my point. <laughs> hey, there we go. Let, let it be. Let it stand for the record that uh, Theophilus Jamal is my legal name. That is awesome. Awesome. You may continue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I lost track of where I was. You know, I'm just wait, to- wait, completely blown that you didn't think that that was my real name. Well, I, because, like, it seems like... I I'm not offended. I mean, it sounds really... No, it almost sounds too good to be it's true, like, it's so... Like a, it's like a cool name, in a way. Like, you know, like a... Like a... Like a Northwest. <laughs> like a cool name. Like a... Like it's not really your name. Like, it seems like a moniker. But I think it's really neat. Like, what? <sighs> because my legal name's not... Well, my birth legal name is not Sandra London. <laughs> Like, See, I did not know that. Under, there we go. Who would who who would do porn under their birth name? What? Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> like you can ID me all the same. You can AKA me all you want with my birth name, but like really, like what? 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 You would you would do porn under your real name if you did porn? What? No. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You know, I think that actually there there are some. Aren't there some some performers that actually do that? I don't. Maybe a handful. There's there's a handful because the first things that pop in my head immediately are like Kayla Cupcakes or like who like their child's last name is surely not Cupcake. It could be, but it more likely than not. Ninety nine out of a hundred times is not Cupcakes with a K. Um, I think Dana Dear Armand. Is uh, I think that's her real name. She actually uses her okay, real name. The, the the fact that it's notable is 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 the very point of it. Is that it's rare, mm-hmm. rare. You know what I like? What? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. all over the place tonight, aren't we? <laughs> it's you know what? It's hard it's to follow good. one train it's, of thought. Well, but no, but it's it's fine. To me, it's good. It's fine. Like you, you are well accomplished. You've done a lot of things in life. Like I don't know what you know about me or not, but like I have a master's degree. Like I have a, a certificate in business. Like I'm not a dumbass. So like you know, if we if we dawdle and go off tangent, it's just because we're like creative or whatever. <laughs> or there we go. I can appreciate that. I actually work. Uh, I work at a business school, so Really? There we go. I'm surrounded by business types. <laughs> really? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> oh god. Right. Are they they're they're Trump supporters? No. No. <laughs> uh, you know what, we try not to talk politics a lot. <laughs> well, there you, that's perfect. Try not that to talk politics perfect. in the office, so what's yeah, that? That's a good that's a good office memo right there. Right, right. Well, I've got a good relationship with the professors, and uh, I'm actually a video producer for the, you know, for the university at which I work. So, you know, they come in, and uh, you know, we we uh, 
we do their uh we record their modules and it's very straightforward in terms of what they what they require and that's my regular nine to five when and I'm not uh awake? you know how do you stay awake? Doing that. <laughs> How do I stay awake? Oh, oh entertaining. Uh, it's entertaining because for me, I think I'd be interested in business if I had to sit there and like film it and make sure it's still filming and all this. But like, if it were something I don't really care for, or that it's too above my head, like anything too sciencey, massy is over my head, then I don't know. I would just be staring intently at the record button that it's still recording, and I don't. And you are well within your rights to do that. And, you know, to to, to add to that, uh, I find myself in that situation quite frequently. Um, fortunately, I can hide it because I'll, I'll get the camera running and I'll uh, sort of creep into a dark corner and pretend to be, you know, <laughs> pretend to be uh, uh, watching the, the recording and making sure that things are technically... Uh, uh, you know, going right, and and they just do their thing. So, uh, oh, you know, I hide it very go. well. <laughs> I know what there I can get go. away with. There you go. That is the height of professionalism. Is to stifle. <laughs> <laughs> right, go. knowing what you can get it's away with happen. and not offend anybody else. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen inevitably. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, okay, so okay. where did we leave off? Yes. What do you want to know? I don't know. But what I do, I don't know where we left off, but I do want to know <laughs> if you saw my version of Black Metal Rose, and then I want to know how you met up with Fierce Creatures, like that whole thing, like that was um, for everyone tuning in now and in the future. Like I spoke briefly with Theophilus Jamal, briefly, briefly before the show, and I was talking about how that song, Black Metal Rose, like by Fierce Creatures, I just loved the song and I had just started like uh podcasting, what have you, with uh with Naked Girls Radio, with Jess of Naked Girls Radio. And that was one of the songs and like one of the first bundles that I heard that I was like, Oh my goodness, I love this freaking song and I'd play it like a ton in like the first year of my show. And then I was like, I'm going to dance to it. So, like, I made actually made four versions of that damn song. <laughs> but oh, wow. you, you, you had a hand in that. And there's one version, at least, on Naked Girls Radio. There are three others <laughs> out there. I have them. But, yeah, tell me how that came about with you, with that in particular, with Black Metal Rose, Fierce Creatures, and, like, in general for music videos. Like, what's the deal? Okay. Well, um, to, to answer your, your question, your first question, yes, I have seen a couple of different um, versions of your of your video uh, for Black Metal Rose. So um, the story behind that song and uh, um, everything else attached to it was uh, um, that I actually wrote the song. I wrote the song. I produced it. I I I uh played all the instruments on it. I mean that song is from from top to bottom is all me. Fierce Creatures oh. is a is a uh, uh a moniker for for my music. So much <gasps> like Trent Reznor is, is nine nine I'm inch dancing. nails I am yeah. Fierce Creatures. That's that's so. like the machinist. That's like the machinist. Did you see that movie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Christian Bale, his his name in that movie was based off of uh, uh, Trent Reznor. They did a play off of his name, but Trevor, whatever it is, um, for that oh, main character. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I yeah, did not exactly, know. Dude, I ha- Yes, I have the DVD and like on like the you know the you know the special features thing it goes in that whole thing. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. Anyways, moving along. Yeah, but yeah. Moving along, That's, I wrote that yes. <laughs> that song uh, along with probably about another dozen other songs for for a movie I was working at the time on at the time about uh, the '90s music scene. And um, uh, I got, I don't know what how it wound up on Naked Girls Radio. Either I found them or she found well, me, and we started you're corresponding, and uh, it wound up on Naked Girls Radio. So, you know, I yeah. mean, the the history of of that connection is sort of um, sort of fuzzy. And as a matter of fact, I had forgotten about it for for a while until. Uh, I guess Wait, you found when me on. Uh, when did you make it? Oh man, when did I make it? Was it uh, early two thousand? Was it like two thousand or something like that? Not no. 2000, two thousand. Two twenty ten. Twenty ten. Like around okay, twenty ten. Right, I think. That sounds more reasonable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you get to be as old as me, like you know, year two thousand twenty ten. Nah, it's only ten me ten years different. <laughs> I can only wish. So this I can only is... wish. I'm counting every year. I'm a, uh, yeah. Us, us chicks, you know, we have to count every year is like a decade. We gotta go slow. We gotta go slow. Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yes. so in any case, yeah, yeah. So it, it wound up on there, and then apparently, uh, uh, you you took to it, which I I greatly appreciated. Okay. And I think you might have like emailed me or something, and I was just like, well, somebody actually really digs this song that's that's cool <laughs> so as a musician you take whatever uh compliments that you can get and you know if somebody likes your music you're you definitely take notice that's, so then that's you then that's your voice that's me yeah that's my voice uh, oh my it, it, it actually pains me to listen to that it, it actually pains me to listen to that because i'm like oh Why? my god that's Why? really me huh oh because um if I listen to the vocals on that, I'm I I I, I cringe. <laughs> that's that's what? me. That's me yeah. trying to be Trent Reznor. So. Okay. Well. Well, I think you did a great job at whatever you're doing because I just liked it. Like, and so for me, I automatically thought of you know majestic plurals, a plural. Well, actually, the opposite of a majestic plural. So multiple people for uh, fierce creatures. I thought that must, you know, entail like two or more people. <laughs> and mm. then, and then I watch I watched the video like one or two years after I first, you know, started playing the song on my show. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, sexy! It's like all dark and like semi gothicy, like you know, like a dark edgy thing to it." And I was like, "That." Oh, the music crazy. video for it. Yeah. You, you watched the music like, video yeah. for it. I I did. And I don't we had the we had fun shooting that actually. So yeah, that was, I didn't know that was pretty cool. Before or like just after I saw the video that I was like, I want to make a video to it because yeah, because with different you know different artists with Make Your Girls Radio, there's some that they're right on the brink or they've you know done some major stuff to where it's like you know too many copyright franchisee things where you can't 
get away with like doing a tribute video in a way um, mm -hmm. to where I always feel like I can love the heck out of a song, but I don't want to piss off the A, the artist, B, like the management and the, like all the people behind it or whatever. And then mm -hmm. whatever the like, whatever, like every project has a mythos behind it or whatever to where it's like, that is not what I envisioned to, <laughs> to like have me dance to it. So I always feel like <laughs> certain things I want to do and then certain things I'm like, well, I just hope that the, well, the first priority to me is that the artist doesn't get mad, but then, you know, coupled with that is that if they have, like, management, their management's like, what the fuck, dude? Or, sorry, I was <laughs> like, what the hell? You know, like, don't, like, take that down, and I will, whatever, but, like, I don't know. There's something about that song that I was just like, I, it's, it's making me want to move around and be filmed. There's <laughs> something. Yeah, it's got that right. uh, the the beat to that. Whenever I listen to it, I always am reminded of like Led Zeppelin. Like, there's definitely some, mm. you know, it's definitely like Zeppelin inspired. Just I, the the drive. It's I got say, sort of this I big heavy. I say it's a nine inch nail. Oh, more, but, but mm -hmm. I can understand. Yeah, yes, but in general, yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, go I, let it be revealed that that uh, that was me. <laughs> so we yeah because the video you have some hot women in there and then you have like like it's some dark scene and then I just I just remember it's almost like um well okay yeah it's like you know a dark scene and then red that's that's what sticks out to me most is like some hot women red and like smoky, dark, kind of moody uh, mood, like ensemble, whatever, for the video. And so mm. it's not, yeah, I, didn't, I I would not have been able to identify you as the actual voice behind it. <laughs> but I know I liked it. Yeah, there was nothing to really... Like, just the direction of the video or what? Like, yeah, every time I, I swear, every time I introduced it on my show... I was saying, like, oh, yeah, so tune in, you know, Black Metal Rose by the Fierce Creatures. I'm thinking two-plus people, literally. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, if uh, if I can clone myself, then uh, that would be the Fierce Creatures. You did. Creatures. You already did. Well, somebody else already cloned <laughs> you in California somewhere. Wonderfully yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. I have, to, See? I have to find him and invite him to be a part of the band. Honorary member. Dude. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so they're still out there somewhere that they stop reviewing movies or what? Like, <laughs> I haven't. You know what? I think I the last I I tried to find whatever I haven't seen anything new. So well, I don't know what happened to that person. <laughs> he sort of disappeared maybe, or maybe whatever. Maybe it was you in your sleep. Maybe it was you in your sleep. Yeah, maybe it was me in my sleep. That's what I do. <laughs> My alter ego is Love Free One, and in my sleep I, I write uh, Dude, new movie reviews. Well, I'm totally kidding. I think that you're, you, you, Sandra, you just came up with an awesome movie plot. And, uh, Dude, because. Like, <laughs> we'll have to write this down and, uh, I, and make a movie. With, with like, I, well, we ought to, I think. It's funny because. <laughs> Well, I've seen it where they're like, okay, okay, the the homeowners are away and their animals can play, so they'll have like the video camera on in their house, and they'll have like their cat jumping on their like 
you know, like, countertop in their kitchen and, like, playing with the toaster and stuff, whatever. Like, who knows what the heck you do in your sleep, you know? Who can say? Really? Yeah, well, I'll just, uh, I will guess I'll have to keep the, uh, the webcam on at night and just uh, oh. you know, see what, what strange things happen. <laughs> well, there you are. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yeah. So, all right. So, did you have any formal schooling for your work? Um, let's see. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, I I attended uh, Emerson College in Boston. So, for my undergraduate, I studied uh, I studied film. And then Did you pick um, up an accent? Did I No, apparently not. Uh oh. uh I wanted to. Actually, that was one of my intent one of my intentions uh, in attending school in Boston was to pick up the accent, but I, I never did. But I did rub elbows with uh, a few unknowns at the time. Um, the uh, which guy? The, the guys from uh, from uh, Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon and uh, and Ben Affleck. They were they were just um, cast in a movie. Uh, Oh, man, I can't even remember what the what the name of the movie was. It, it was a boarding school. Uh, let's see if I can just look that up really, really quick. It was shot in Boston. And it was like a movie, movie like a like a Yeah, it was like their big break. Was, everybody was like, everybody was um was talking it up and. Uh, but it was but it was before Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, School Ties. This is a movie I, called okay. School Ties. Yeah, I know. And my my roommate, cool. my roommate worked on it as a as a production assistant. Oh, shows here that it uh, was written by Dick Wolf, which I did not know. Dick Wolf of mm-hmm. uh, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med. Um, uh, but um, well, you know that, him. You know that guy? No, no. Well, Dick Wolf is—he's—he's uh, he's a big television uh, producer, and uh, he basically franchised <laughs> my beloved city into uh, uh, NBC and uh, created mm. these shows—the Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Med, and you know whatever Chicago-based TV show they're they're coming up with next, but. Yeah, that's the big joke is that he's franchised Chicago. He's made Chicago, a, you know, a franchise in the, in the TV business. Well, but um, yeah, the, you know, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck were attached to that movie as well as Chris O'Donnell and Brendan Fraser. And um, I like Brendan. I remember Fraser. my my roommate at the time telling me that you know, you keep keep Did your eyes Brendan? out for these guys. Did I'm sorry. Did you meet Brendan Fraser? I didn't. I, you know, I didn't hang around the set. I, I just, my roommate kept coming back with all these stories of hanging out with all the cast, and you know, okay. uh, when you're a PA on the set, and and you know, the cast is basically comprised of young up and comers. You, you know, you get to rub elbows with a lot of people. So he, you know, he drove. He was a driver for for some days, and you know, on other and days he'd just be hanging out. 
What's he doing that, now? <laughs> What's he doing now? Is he um he he's an, another one of those people that found me on Facebook, and we oh. reconnected. Uh, he's a and um, yeah, he's like married, and you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting because uh, that was like <laughs> twenty years ago, and he's I wouldn't say a shadow of his former self, but he's quite different. He's like not the person that. You know that I remember. <laughs> I mean, he was like what, mid nineties, early yeah, early to mid nineties. Like you know, the yeah. big thing that we were into. I was a big, I was a huge Spike Lee fan, and um, yeah. at the time I was I was uh, living in the south side of Boston. What was that? I said school days. School days, yeah. Um, so I was living on the south side of Boston, and I was uh, interning at a at a company called uh, uh, Roja Blackside, which was working on a um, on a documentary on Malcolm X. At the same time that Spike Lee got invited to Harvard to teach um, to teach a class, and uh, and was working on the Malcolm X movie, his uh, narrative movie with Denzel. So um, my roommate was a was a really heavy was really heavily uh, uh, into that you know that whole scene there and um, so he you know we got in contact on Facebook you know twenty something years later and he's you know not uh, he's not the radical that he, <laughs> he used to, you know both of us are not as radical as we used to be so it's uh, it's pretty interesting life life will temper you. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, you know, he's he's definitely got a few more gray hairs on his uh, on his head. Uh, I definitely have have put on some some weight. <laughs> I'm not the what? the skinny little uh, kid that I used to be. What? Yeah, no, I used to be like skin and bones. Uh, like well, like super why skinny. you guys even worry? Why do you guys even worry about that? Literally, like seriously, like. Really? No. Oh, oh try like to keep my yeah. my shape. <laughs> no, guys do worry about that. We, you know, to a certain Why? extent. Uh, well, uh, well, unless 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 it makes other do. things look, unless it unless it affects the the viewing of other things. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> like you're tripping over your words go, there. Unless it disappears, I don't. I, otherwise, I don't. Unless it disappears, like I would ever. Like I would ever care. Like that's not. That's not a big deal for a dude. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Uh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So tell me. <clears throat> If you, if you may, tell me about, like, documentaries, because that's how you introduce yourself, with, like, one sentence of, like, oh, and I do documentaries, and that was, like, your your intro for you, and I'm like, what, because, I don't know, like, um, can you share some of the things that you're working on documentaries for, um, or things that you'd like to do in the future? Uh, okay, so um, so as I had mentioned in the in the mid '90s, 
uh, I had uh, I had started down my path uh, as a I guess a documentary filmmaker by having worked with uh, Roja Blackhouse uh, um, in in Boston uh, on the Malcolm X documentary Make It Plain. So I was actually worked as an uh, uh, assistant um, an assistant to the assistant editors. I was a PA in the editing department for that for that show. It was a really good experience. Um, so taking that experience and you know uh, following that, uh, I've worked on several documentaries and that, and am currently a, uh, a fellow with um, Cartemquin Films, who did um, the most recently they did a, um, a documentary on uh, Roger Ebert, as well as a uh, uh, several shows for. Um, uh, for television, and uh, uh, they're more, more mostly known for um, uh, this documentary called Hoop Dreams. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've heard of it. I've About heard the, of it. Yeah. Followed uh, these kids from Chicago, and uh, they're pursuing their um, their uh, their goals of of playing professional basketball. So it actually follows them from like age. From like you know, really, I forget how young they are. They're like teenagers all the way through, like their late teens and you know, into college. But um, mm-hmm. it's like a three three hour documentary, and uh, yeah, that's what they're mostly known for. But they're um, so I've got this. I've got a, a fellowship with them uh, for the 2015. It's uh, the diverse mm-hmm. voices and documentary. So uh, I, along with, um, I think there was ten, ten of us this uh, this class. Um, we, you know, we uh, we developed projects this year, uh, uh, along with Tar- Cartemquin, um, for for documentaries uh, that uh, you know that we were personally attached to. And uh, my documentary um, is uh, uh, based on a um, on a uh, uh, man. It's been a while since I've had to to pitch this. It's uh, it's, it's on a sex worker. She's um, uh, actually now she's a former sex worker who just recently returned back to to school to study. Um, um, mortuary arts, and so she's actually studying oh. to be a mortician. And she's um, on the side. She was a uh, a writer as well for an for an online site. Uh, and she discusses her. She, um, you know, she she used to write about her experiences uh, in the trade. So um, that's that's a little bit on hold right now. Uh, we're on a uh, on hiatus. Uh, you know, because uh, she's sort of finding herself and um, kind of, um, you know, giving her that space to to do what she needs to do before I, uh, you know, before I can continue in on the project. So there was a, you know, just a not a lot of uh, variables in terms of um, this particular documentary that are, and, and as well with most other documentaries that sometimes it gets completely out of your control <laughs> it's not like that you have a script and that you can follow it and you've got 
on the production dates and that by the end of those dates, you can determine whether or not you've got everything to make a movie. Um, you know, for the documentary, a lot of times is that, you know, your movie is the life of whatever is happening and, uh, you know, just trying to find what, what makes a good story, you know? So without, uh, and in particular with, with what I'm doing without it being exploit, exploitative, um, you know, what I'm trying to do is not reality television. What I'm trying to do is trying to find, you know, her story and be, and, and for her to tell it, um, you know, in her own words without me, uh, imposing my, you know, my own, uh, uh, I guess thoughts on, on the subject. So, so yeah, that's, with, okay, do you feel like with, um, I guess with the actual genre of documentaries that uh, depending on the subject matter or theme that it's, it's easier to, oh, what would I, what's the question I have, um, uh, that, wow. I had a question. I lost it. Darn it. Okay, that's like okay. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I guess with the documentary, you don't want it ever to be forced and artificial and like you know um, play acting. You know, like you want raw gritty type of thing. Do you find it's hard to do that with a, a raw and gritty subject or subject matter um, to go what's what's too bland or what's too too racy like they have to kind of shield your audience's eyes in a way but you don't want to because it's a documentary like do you ever feel I don't know, am I making sense I don't know <laughs> of like with certain well uh, I mean to uh, you don't want to baby your audience but you don't want to be like you don't want to gross them out or offend them or like the obscene or something. I think you know, really uh, you, you've got a responsibility. Um, you've got a couple, you know, several responsibilities actually. Um, you know, to tell the story first and foremost, but also when you when you uh, when you start a documentary, you're you're entering into a relationship with with the person, uh, with your subjects, uh, the people that are involved with the story of your documentary and from you know from the get-go from you know when you actually start the documentary it should be understood that you know you are going to be there that you're actually not going to be really participating in their lives but you're going to be present uh, to tell the story of that you know section of their life and um you know, there there is a process of you know, of both sides uh, understanding what that is and what is going to happen uh, before you actually you know start making the movie. And then while it's happening, it's just sort of a reminder that uh, you know um, that number one that you're there, but number two that you know you shouldn't be. Uh, I guess imposing or um, 
influencing uh, what's happening. Uh, although just the presence of having a camera there, a lot of times, you know, people yeah. um, subconsciously change their actions, uh, you know, yeah. based on the presence of the camera. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, but, uh, ultimately, whatever else happens, um, a lot of times you don't, you know, you, you really can't control it. It's knowing what you're getting yourself into, first and foremost, the situation and the context of that situation and what you're, you know, why you're there, you know. Um, uh, there was a uh, a documentary that uh, Carl Temkin did called The Interrupters and uh, followed uh, a few... Um, uh, people they call them interrupters, and what what they do is they go out and uh, they actively seek, um, uh, I guess, um, confrontations that could escalate into some sort of uh, like gang, you know, uh, violence. And so they actually go there to to defuse uh, situations. And these are people that have uh, experience with gangs, former gang members. Um, that go out and they, you know, if they hear from from their sources that something's about to go down, they go and they, you know, they try to nip the bud right at the source. They try to squash the situation. And so, um, yeah, I mean, huh. you know, documentary is really... That? That, that's kind of fascinating to me how they're able to do that and whether or not they still live in the same area where they formerly had those same activities, I would think that it would be harder to go exactly directly home uh, to where you always went home when you did the same thing. The yeah, I mean, again, you'd have to, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to watch the movie. <laughs> but, you know, again, it, Is that what it's called? The, um, <laughs> the, yeah, the interrupters. Um, yeah. And, um, I actually got the privilege of, of meeting one of them. She came in to to uh to meet uh, us and uh very a nice woman. woman. Yes. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Huh. So that's interesting. Um, I was actually watching sorry. I was actually watching like I wanna say two or three weeks ago, uh something on YouTube I was watching like top ten, this, that and the other and then all of a sudden it was like girls and gangs kind of a thing where I'm like, what? And I was surprised, mm-hmm. like, because they're focusing on, like, actually California. So I was like, really? Huh, I did not know any of this <laughs> sort of a thing. So that's mm-hmm. interesting that you mentioned of diffusing a situation and where, like, a, you know, there's a woman that's a part of the interrupters that's part of the diffusion process. It's interesting because they had some, you know, some uh, female gang members who were like, pretty damn tough and rough and, you know, proved their mettle or whatever with, the, you know, their fellow gang members who are largely male. And so it's like, wow, like a whole new world. <laughs> like I never really thought about it. I mean, I could imagine it, but never really thought about it, I guess. And <clears throat> like it's a real, like a concrete thing, whatever. Yeah, well, and there's a reason why they call Chicago Chirac. <laughs> well, 
Who is they? They is Spike Lee. That's one dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's a, you know, Chirac was actually a, a, a term that was, what's that? Well, weren't they just doing, wasn't it just women just doing a sex-like strike where they weren't actually gay members? Or they, I didn't think they were, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Spike came into Chicago and he shot this movie. This is a, you know, an outsider, a New Yorker coming in and, and he had this script that was, uh, that was written by somebody, uh, somebody else, and actually a, a, a fairly good script. But he, you know, took the script and then he placed it in Chicago and used it within the context of Chicago being, quote unquote, Chirac. And um, you know, I actually enjoyed the movie. I, you know, it kind of confused me in some other ways, or in terms of it being, it's um, actually a quite quite an experimental film and, and very avant garde. In a lot of respects, it's not a traditional narrative film, but um, yeah, a lot of people were really, a lot of native Chicagoans were really upset about the movie because it didn't really address Chicago. <laughs> it was, you know, he had his own well, agenda in terms of the the movie and, and the story hard, that he right? wanted to tell. That's always going to be hard, right, for like an outsider to really capture the essence, and even even an, you know even someone that's native. If they're not talented enough, they won't do a great job. But an outsider, like even for someone of his caliber, would be almost next to impossible. Oh yeah, and by by all means, he was. Well, you know, everyone else, everyone else watching it outside of Chicago probably got enough from it to get what the message was. I'm sure natives were like. To get um, his message. No. <laughs> <laughs> to get, uh, and Spike Lee's good at, <laughs> at, at promoting his message and promoting his agenda. So, um, you know, we'll we'll leave it at that. Spike Lee being, you know, I guess one of my uh, either influences or, you know, idols um, early on growing up and, and watching his films. But, um, uh-huh. you know. That that movie but in particular, ever, wrote, uh, but can an artist ever truly separate themselves from their work? Really, anyways. I mean, what do you expect? I don't think that the they way? should. I mean, you know, unless you're getting, yeah. I mean, there there are several types of filmmakers, and you know, Spike is just happens to fall into the category of filmmaker as artist. And there are filmmakers yeah. that are you know directors for hire. They, you know, they are brought in to direct a movie uh, based off of, you know, what they can bring to the table and what the, you know, what the company wants to have happen. I mean, at at a certain point, you know, there's a limit of uh, creative control on that in terms of being a a director for hire. But, you know, it's an entirely different skill set to be able to manage that and to, to produce something uh that you know question. that will return uh uh the investors profits I, ha- yes. I have a question <laughs> that was just reminding me have you ever seen uh the documentary uh trouble the waters about katrina louisiana um was that uh was that a spike lee movie no i don't believe so no okay i know that spike lee actually did a um he did a movie on, I could, on I Katrina. 
I could be wrong, but I do not believe he did. Um, I was just thinking of, of just like what you're saying. Hold on, I'm gonna try to look it up real fast if I can. If it does it really fast. Eh. Um, but for me, that was something that was like I watched it. I think I yeah. There we go. I watched it on DVD. I like rented it. Uh, yeah, 2008 documentary film. No, it was directed by a woman, Tia Lesson, and a guy, Carl Deal. And they did Fahrenheit 9-11. They also, they also produced that. Um, but okay. I felt, in a way, like like maybe I just don't know their style. So maybe I would have recognized them if I knew their style. But I felt like that was something where I felt like the people in the documentary, that they were running it. Like I felt like that was one of the most authentic to me, I mean, I could be wrong, but to my perception, it was the most authentic uh, type of a documentary where I felt like there were just, you know, some people in Louisiana and this trouble breaks out and they're like, we are not going to be able to go ahead and leave. So we're going to stay and stick it out. And we're just kind of re-recording what's happening. And you see a lot of just wow. them, you know, like, you know, recording of like, this is what's happening and like saving you know, some their neighbor from down the street, they just see him, like, in the water, just freaking floating with their lives. And, they, you know, and they're just saving all these kids and, like, how are we going to feed them? Nobody's going to be able to come bring us food. We're running out of food. Like, we're, I don't know. I felt, yeah, it was, I felt like it was raw. And you don't feel like there's a, a you know, huge apparatus behind it, you know, like, even if there was, you don't feel like it. You feel like you're truly just watching just those recordings, which those people really did during Katrina. Like, it was, like, yeah. To me, that was one of the most compelling things I've seen in years. And that came out in 08. I probably saw it in 09 or 2010 or something uh, by renting it. And I was just like, wow, like, not, very little makes me cry. It's not something real happening. <laughs> like, or... Well, yes, mm-hmm. it is real, but, but you know, actual, like at the actual time happening um, to where, like, watching it, I cried. Like, like that's, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that just brought that to my mind. If, if you want to, like, just to see people um, where you really feel like you're just a, a bird or a fly on the wall or something <laughs> and seeing just, just what's happening that those are the kind of documentaries I love that, like, stick with me, like, you know, freaking, what is this, eight years later, huh? It's like, yeah, I will remember that forever. Well, that's a, that's the that's the beauty <laughs> of the form, is that a lot of times documentaries are made by a handful of people. The crews aren't anything more than between, like, you know, two or five people on a, you know, on a documentary crew, you don't have like a full, you know, like an, on a, on a feature film with, you know, the big movies or whatever, you'll have like maybe, you know, a hundred people moving lights around and, and like, you know, making sure that the camera is in focus and, and, you know, moving the camera this way and that way. And, you know, so you've got a lot of like extraneous, people and you know in documentary it's really pure you've got a camera you've got a sound person you know at at the least <laughs> and a lot of yeah. times a director is actually uh you know behind the camera operating the camera 
you know, he might be doing something else as well. You've got a sound person, if you're lucky, um, you know, but sometimes the sound, you know, there is no sound person and it's just the camera with a, you know, with a mic on it and maybe some, somebody <laughs> else, really uh, you know, running around trying to get releases from, from people or, or whatever. But yeah, you know, when, when you minimize the amount of uh, distractions in, in making a movie, you, I think, reach something a lot more pure and, uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote real, <laughs> however you might want right, to, yeah. you know, define <laughs> <Yeah>. real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, less, um, there's less standing in the way between what's happening and the audience. So. Right. Well, I hope you're able to complete uh, the project that's not currently on hold. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, hopefully like we'll this. return. <laughs> hopefully we'll return to it. I've I've got other things that I'm working on. Um, you know, I try to keep myself busy. There's always something coming my coming my way. I'm working on a uh, uh, on pre-production for a for a, a rock documentary. So. So that pulls me in an entirely different direction, and you know, it might be good for for where I am right now in terms of, uh, you know, just trying to keep busy. So. Right. Okay. Well, we'll tell. Okay, tell everyone, all my listeners, now and in the future, how they can follow your work and learn more about you. He's on Facebook, y'all. <laughs> um, but yeah, just how they can. <laughs> well, they can either try to find me on Facebook or, uh, um, got my website is Theo Jams. That's T H uh, E O J A M S um, dot com. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my personal website. Uh, you know, um, or you can just Google my name, Theophilus Jamal. Put it in the, put it in Google and see what uh i'm up to <laughs> you, you yeah. might see a mug shot of me up in there in the news or something so oh lordy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well theophilus jamal i believe i'm gonna go ahead and spell it and it's a name so it may or may not be grammatically correct or whatever semantically correct t-h-e-o-p-h-i-l-u-s correct Correct. J A J A M A L. Theophilus Correct. Jamal. T H E O P H I L U S. Jamal. J A M A L. So you can Google him, and he's the one not in California. He's the Chicago one. <laughs> and that is yeah. Me. And we're friends on Facebook. And it was actually one of his posts that inspired me to write my uh, Stay Hoot. Uh, zero day thirty writing challenge post that he reposted uh, for writers, and I write a lot. So I was like, "Oh, thirty days—that's a long time." Okay, I'm gonna do it. And then it was like, the, "Like, what was it? November? Wait, thirty days half November thirtieth." <laughs> then I'm like, "Let me type it." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it took the whole thirty days to like fully compile that story." 
But I did, and it was based awesome. off of like a ran- a random like Skype chat I was having of like, oh my god, wouldn't it be funny if? And then like, this is what I do. This is me. This is my head, y'all. Everyone's you can all know <laughs> that if I'm like chatting with you or whatever, and I know you, every now and again I'll be like, oh my god, wouldn't this be so funny if? And I'll do like a whole dialogue, and this is basically a running stream dialogue that I did like stream of consciousness on like Skype. So like in July. And so I was sort of like piecing that together, but I was just all, all at once like, wouldn't that be so funny? And you're trying to like share a story about this like horrible owl that's attacking you, but you can't totally explain it because no one believes you. <laughs> so there's an animal attacking you, and I it was really funny. It was after I'd already written it and like published, you know, published it on my site or whatever. I was randomly looking at something, and there was a someone in like Europe who was attacked by an owl like viciously but so there's at least one in the you know past decade and a half or so and somewhere in the 2000s where they were attacked by an owl <laughs> yeah wow. anyways. but it was <laughs> but were I not were I not Facebook friends with the awfulest Jamal over here I would not have seen this challenge. I would not have compiled that because I was just thinking about it. And I was like, that would just be so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I'm glad that you Aww. did. Woohoo! Did you do one? Did you do one? In the 30 days? I uh, was uh, was actually working on some other stuff, so. <laughs> oh, I don't think that I did well. do one. I just posted it. I. Oh. Darn it. Well, anyway, well, I, I, I'm still thankful for the, like, inspiration or something. Oh, all right. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I will go ahead and end this evening's show, and I'll play that again one more time, the thing that I wrote based off of seeing his, like, Facebook repost thingy, and, like, yeah, check him out. He's super awesome, talented, and he's been around for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Thank you. Know, dude. <laughs> no, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is never bad. Dude, guys can never be old. This is what sucks about you all. You can never be old. You just get more seasoned. You guys suck. Guys suck, dude. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They just get more, like, literally, like, literally, come on, come on, well, for me, my personal examples would be Morgan Freeman, Denzel, as they get each day, they just get, like, more, like, more christened in a way, like, more seasoned, more, more, more zen, like, dude, ugh, anyway. Sorry to frustrate you, not my fault. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Alrighty, y'all. I'm gonna play it right now. Um, but yes, thank you very much, Theophilus Jamal. Thank you. Google him. It was a uh, pleasure. Theo James or Theo Jams, sorry, T H E O J A M S dot com for his website and stay tuned to him. I think he's awesome. He's gonna do more and more and more and more and I'm gonna be seeing it and you all should too. Yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll. Not not. <laughs> All right.
Yes, sir, or madam, my apologies in advance, but I, I need some, like, urgent assistance. Yes, yes, any any emergency operator will do. No, I do not have a preference. That's not what I meant. I'm sorry. Honestly, please, someone, anyone, just, yes, okay, I'll hold, but please, please help me. This, uh, I believe it is an owl keeps slapping me in my gardener repeatedly. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Ow! No, no, I was saying ow, but there's also indeed an owl. Ow! No, 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 I am not under the influence of any illicit substance or knowing consumption of any, to my best knowledge of this statement. Ow! My eyes! Why? Why? No! Oh. No, that was me. <laughs> Speaking American English. Onomatopoeia. Okay. Yeah, no. That was in English originally, anyways. Greek, maybe? A description? Uh, one of my eyes is now swollen shut, but he, I think, yes, he appears to be a he and is cloaked, uh, masked, um, colored? No, I'm not making a prank call. No, I'm not a member of a racist organization. What the? I'm doing the best I can. No, he did not make any audibly threatening statements. Uh-huh. His gestures just landed on my face without warning. I no, uh-huh. I don't know if he's prone to Tourette's or whether he has epilepsy. Uh-huh. No, I did not see a driver's license or proof of identity. Uh-huh. Yes, I apologize for making this assumption. Yes, I understand your admonition. Can you just li- listen or get someone over here? Please, please, pretty please. Well, it, uh, it is possible. The subject's name is. What? No, no, I am not making racist statements. Wait, are you serious? No, I am not making racist statements. Wait, are you serious? Oh no, the subject is. Hugged me with their wings? Uh-huh. No. I'm not a fundamentalist orthodox member of any sect or private club, I, I don't think. No, I'm not using slang. I'm describing uh-huh. the best of my... No, I did not attempt to procure nor solicit sex from the subject. Uh-huh. I said sect. S-E-C. Ow! Uh-huh. No. The subject is not propositioning me on the street, as far as I know, anyways. Uh. I was on my way home from work at uh-huh. a job uh. that is indoors. Like, literally, literally. Ow! Really? Okay. Yes, I'll hold, but, but please hurry. I think the subject understands the English language. Uh-huh. Why? Oh, wait. I'm I'm not on hold. Well, because the the subject is now hugging me tighter ever since I said hold. Ow! <laughs> I don't know who. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh.
modernization project so grand it will literally move traffic coming soonish get all the details at lax'shappening.com judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.